Dean Daniel here, thanking our patrons, especially Scribbles and Carlo, for keeping me in nice bread and special meat. That is all. Hello and welcome to the Poly Bad Podcast. It's a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. The enthusiasm. It's a podcast, guys. <laughs> a motherfucking podcast. I'm Paper. Um, yeah, we put out an RPG today, so I think we're in a slightly odd mood. Mm. You you should go buy it on Itch and Drive to RPG. It's called Chimus. It's about industrial revolution and humoral magic and working class revolution the two kinds of revolution hmm. oh we should finish this podcast first you can do both you don't buy things with your ears i do um but today's probably bad rpg idea is a massive alien invasion fleet is heading towards earth luckily faster than light travel is impossible they should get here in around ten thousand years so I feel like this would work not necessarily for like a conventional RPG, but for something more like like a kind of society building game where it's like maybe if you decrease the time to maybe a few hundred years or something. Yeah, I was thinking kind of like a quiet year type thing. Yeah, that's that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, quiet year where it's like you need to prepare things for when the aliens get here. And I feel like you could have, like, a genuinely interesting game around that. Of, like, after however many turns, aliens will show up and you need to be prepared to defeat them. Yeah. Mm. Or, yeah, I'm now regretting choosing this one in that we've instantly made a good idea. Okay. Maybe you do that, except each turn is one year. How long would it take to do 10,000 um, turns of a quiet year? I mean, we spent about six hours doing, like, between four and six hours, I don't remember exactly how long, doing one year of it, mm. which... I'm going to go ahead and say several years. Luckily, the economy's fucked and no one has a job, so... <laughs> Got free time now. <laughs> just just get started. By the time you finish, the world will either have ended for realsies or maybe be okay. Yeah, I mean, that is my general plan for the future, is I can last for about a few more years, and by the end of that, society will be gone. A massive alien invasion is heading towards Earth, but luckily, by the time they've got here, we'll all already have wiped ourselves out. It's almost like that joyful nihilist thing. It's like, we'll either all die or we won't. Who? Hmm. So, you know, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, a, a, the massive alien invasion fleet is heading, but fuck it, that's like only 10th concern at best. A massive alien fleet is heading towards Earth. They should get here in about 10,000 years. You need to speed them up so they get here faster. I like the idea of a more sort of 
political intrigue type game mm. where one side is basically like, well, that means we can do what we want. And the other side says, what if the aliens are nice? We need to present, you know, the best of ourselves to them. Like when someone comes around to your house for the first time. Hmm. I, I do actually. I do like you. Like you have different factions based on we need to defend ourselves. We need to make friends with them. We need to like find someone to bargain with them. With we need to uh, fuck them. Yeah, I mean that's obviously going to be a faction. Yeah. Um, Even if you don't set out to make that a faction, that's going to yeah. be a faction. We need to build a giant penis on the earth. Another one. So that when the ships go, they can like. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, and you need. Because like you can have different players who have are members of different factions, mm-hmm. and obviously they can like so you know there's all that internal conflicts there. And yeah, I feel it'd be interesting, especially if like I feel the GM would roll to see what the aliens were at the end of the game, because I like the idea of like you know, no one's sure what's going to happen. I feel that's a good way of emulating that. Absolutely, yeah, because you don't want the DM to like to accidentally give the game away. Mm. By only speaking in a spooky voice whenever they talk about aliens. But yeah, it's like, is it an invasion fleet? Or is that what we've mm. assumed? Is it a scientific expedition? Are they here to trade? Is yeah. there a secret fourth reason? Maybe they're actually coming to see Mars. They're not even heading to Earth. Actually, that would be a great twist. The end is just go right past Earth. The aliens come from a solar system where no planets have rings, and they're just really curious what that looks like. They just show up, pick up Saturn, and leave. <laughs> Actually, I do like the idea of like the inverse of this, where society has spent the last 10,000 years preparing for an alien invasion. And then they just go past us and go to Alpha Centauri. And we're like, well, we feel like dumbasses. Earth is a flyover planet. Yeah. What are we meant to do now? (laughs) Uh, I like this idea of Earth as a flyover planet. Mm. Like the rest of the galaxy is getting more and more developed and we're just there like, do you like wheat? This is this is why like we don't have any encounters with aliens is they're just like uh it's just Earth. <laughs> I mean we do have a lot of wheat. We do. Compared to certainly compared to the other planets in our solar system. Mm. We've got a lot of wheat. If I was going to find wheat, Earth would be the first place I would look in the solar system. Yeah. Saturn would be the second. Um <laughs> Why Saturn? No, it's big. What if, so you know the the trope of this thing got broadcast into space and mm. aliens are reacting to it all these years later? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Galaxy Quest and that one Future Armor episode. What if they saw the footage of the moon landing and they turn up convinced that humans are also not from Earth? <laughs> Hello, fellow aliens. Yeah, they, they saw humans land on the moon and was like, oh, wow, there's no humans there now, but they're on this thing next door. Hmm. Clearly the, the moon was a stopping off point 
for the human thought, colonization of Earth. I thought going to assume it was like they assumed humans are native to the moon. And like this was us going back. Humans destroyed the moon's ecosystem <laughs> and moved to Earth. Yeah. In a shocking reversal of much sci-fi. I also like if Earth is a flyover planet. Mm-hmm. Like alien politicians reluctantly show up to get our votes. <laughs> yes. We've established that Earth is a swing swing system in that they don't know what the political uh, rules are, and so who knows who they might vote for. Honestly, most humans don't even vote in galactic presidential elections. Mm. So, is there even any point campaigning there? But on the other hand, if you can get them on side, you got it in the bag. I, I feel like we have the political drama one, but like from the other direction. <laughs> we do, and I'm having a great time. Just yeah, the aliens are just um Yeah, just yeah, Earth is like if we get Earth to vote for us, we're going to win. <laughs> My question is, assuming the aliens don't know anything about Earth other than wheat and the moon landings, what are they going to promise us to get us to vote for them? I just, I'm imagining just aliens showing up with, don't worry, we've got what humans want, a new moon covered in wheat. (laughs) Bread, moon, bread, (laughs) moon, moon. bread, moon. (laughs) <laughs> so the spaceship lands and it's messaging and we translate the message you just say bread moon bread moon bread moon over and over and over but in every human language that has ever existed <laughs> I mean I would vote for president bread moon a, a bread on every moon and a moon on every bread Yeah, fuck it, it's the UK. I'd vote for President Breadmoon. It cannot be worse than what is happening now. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel this is the issue, is that the alien who just shows up and screams Breadmoon at Earth over and over before tr- teleporting, like, voting slips to every human on Earth might well win. Yeah. <laughs> this is This is how the alien invasion happens. Oh, the only policy we know is bread moon. We didn't know about the subjugation of the human species. We would never have voted for them otherwise. <laughs> but we do now have a bread moon. We do, and we could dunk it in the ocean like a giant cookie. I like the idea of every election cycle... I don't know how long that would be, probably quite long. Mm. An alien shows up and just shouts something completely incomprehensible but intriguing and gets the Earth vote. Just every time it just becomes a massive meme until eventually writing candidate Super Mario wins the Galactic Collection and they just kind of put Miyamoto in charge and see what happens. I feel like they win, and the alien's like, okay, luckily we have very advanced, like, robotics, and they make Mario. Like, they <laughs> upload all of the Mario games into a neural network, and they're like, there you go, be Mario. And tortoises immediately go extinct. Yeah. 
But they do bring back dinosaurs. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. Mm, this is how the world ends. <laughs> Not with a bang, but with a whoa! <laughs> so, um... <laughs> I feel like we've got some really interesting apocalypses here. Yeah, let us know what is your favourite bread with apocalypse. If you want a vision of the future, imagine Boaty McBoatface being written on every planet forever. <laughs> Spacey McSpaceface. <laughs> bread, moon, bread, moon. <laughs> Last time on Tales of Morterra. Arson! Awesome. Arson! Awesome. Arson! Awesome. Arson! With cat like tread upon <laughs> our prey we steal. I saw she was going to try and, and surf on the horse. K get dead? Yeah. Uh, you want to kill me? I'm a wizard, I've always got plans. Tales of Morterra, an actual play podcast. Available wherever you're listening to this right now. So, our first question is Would you vote for Bread Moon? Yes. Okay, our first satchel question is anonymous. In the D&D campaign I'm in, Sans Undertale is semi-canonically a cheese god. Do you think he should be canonically a cheese deity in D&D for a whole for all D&D campaigns? Yes, and also all non-D&D campaigns and also real life. I want to know how this came about so badly. I mean, I I don't know what Undertale's been doing since its big popularity spike. Maybe they just established it. So, I think the first thing I thought was just, I love the idea of, you know, ultimately there isn't a lot that unifies the different D&D settings. No. But if the one thing that is the same is the God of Cheese. Hmm. And it is Sans Undertale. That has like, fascinating implications like, I like for, the, like, I, the multiverse. Like, I like the idea that this does imply that the universe is fundamentally based on cheese. Exactly! And was possibly created by Sans Undertale in a quest to ultimately create cheese. Yeah. Like, so this is the argument um, from fine-tuning that the universe is designed to create cheese. Because if the laws of physics were any different, or if history had gone in a different way, there wouldn't be cheese. Mm -hmm. um, so therefore, like, yeah, I feel that works in D&D too. And yeah, like all four elements combine to make cheese. I can't explain how right now. The cows eat the grass which comes from the earth and drink water. And then... You I'll set the this. cow on fire. I'll get this. Okay. One of the ways that you can curdle the milk is through heat. Mm-hmm. One more to go. And then you age it, which involves exposing it to air. I prefer to think that it's just when you put earth, water, fire, and air, like, in a box, what you get out next is cheese. Yeah, but it's cottage cheese. <laughs> they had to really refine the process, you know? Mm-hmm. Elemental plane of cheese. But again, it is specifically cottage cheese. 
I also like this implication of cottage cheese is like the earth cheese from which all of us descend. Listen, the reason it's called cottage cheese is because it's the easiest kind of cheese to just make at home in your cottage. Hmm. But also I hate it. So it is the earth cheese, but we have improved since then, is my theory. I prefer to think of it as cybernetically enhanced cheese. Explain. Uh, as in non-cottage cheese is cybernetically enhanced cheese. Oh, okay. But no, fucking cottage cheese is cybernetically enhanced. I put a robot arm in it. <laughs> Does this make you like it more? Just get a tub of cottage cheese. And when you eat it all, there's like a microchip in the bottom, like a prize in a box of cereal. <laughs> I have... This is like a terrible Black Mirror episode. I put a microchip <laughs> in your cottage cheese so it feels pain. It doesn't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like something that would happen in like a cyberpunk setting, but be done by vegan activists. It's like, ah, do you st <laughs> they've established that meat is murder. Mm. Now they've moved on to if you eat cheese, it now also feels pain, so you should stop eating They've cheese. gone from meat is murder to cheese is torture. Yes. <laughs> is your food cruelty-free? Well, check again. I installed pain sensors in one-tenth of your lunch. <laughs> Good luck guessing which one. It didn't used to be unethical to eat cheese. <laughs> But now it is. I, I, I don't, us, so you should stop. I love you know, this this like idea for vegan groups like yeah, uh, eating non-vegan food is unethical as of ten minutes ago when we made it unethical with advanced science. Listen, they're working for big soy. <laughs> and then someone starts installing pain chips in soy, and it just gets worse. The breatharians finally win when everyone starves to death. Or it goes all the way around. If all food is unethical, therefore no food is unethical, let's eat dolphins. There's no eth there's no ethical consumption under the pain chip based food system. Cause it's cause it's awful. Um But yeah, so I feel I said, like, let's all eat dolphins just as, like, a phrase in universe for, like, you know, we're, we're, we're done talking about this. Okay, well, that's done. Let's all go eat dolphins. It's the in-universe <laughs> equivalent of there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. <laughs> there is no ethical consumption under capitalism, I say, swallowing a whole dolphin as people throw me out of sea parks. Is is that sea parks as like a generic thing? Because what I was imagining is just like underwater centre parks. Like I think sea parks are thing, but no, yeah, underwater centre parks. I go to the dolphin park and start eating them. The dolphin police tase me. They then <laughs> throw me back onto the surface. I feel like tasing someone underwater is not is not the good move. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a reason they're only almost as smart as humans. <laughs> that that's the one thing they're they're lacking. The the theoretically they're as smart as humans, but their physics education is just absolute dog yeah. shit. Like animals have hum all animals have human level intelligence. 
uh, but some of them have very bad educational systems. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, and that's why we need to go to the sea or teaching people maths and then <laughs> eat. So a second question <laughs> um, is anonymous. What's the best way to nerf a dragon for my kid's one shot? Kill it. Have you considered it's an actual nerf dragon? It's just hmm. made of foam. It breathes nerf darts. Ah, oh, finally, a bludgeoning damage breath weapon. It just, it, like, it can't do... No, I like it breathes nerf darts. <laughs> it can just, like... Because I feel the other way is you take a dragon and, mm-hmm. you know, keep all the fluff to say, but you use the stats of a cobalt. And then you take a cobalt and you use the stats of a dragon. You know, I knew it was coming, and I did nothing. And then, they're in love. I feel like the, it would be very easy to defeat a nerf dragon. Mm. Well, because all you do is you prove that they cannot legally use the nerf name. Mm. And as we know, it's nerf or nothing. So it just ceases to exist. Like, I think... So I so I like this, because I like the idea of lawyers existing in-universe, and I know that's a weird sentence out of context. But <laughs> what I... I like the idea of lawyers are not some fictional creature, but... Like, because, like, so you have... Uh, I believe Beholders recently became legal to talk about. They did, yes. And I liked it in-universe, Beholders were like, held back by lawyers, but now they are free. Um, and now the lawyers are coming after the Nerf Dragons. Well, they need something to do. The, this the is the de- thing Wizards of the Coast didn't <laughs> think about, is enrichment for the lawyers. I mean, I feel, if anything, Wizards of the Coast provided too much enrichment for the lawyers. <laughs> the lawyers are like, please, please stop. <laughs> Cease and also desist. Uh, yeah, so the way you know, so how does your child feel about filling their one shot with law um, terminology? Because if there's one thing I know about children, is that they love legalese. I've heard this. Yeah. They love legalese and hate nerf darts. Um, alternately, make the dragon smaller, mm-hmm. make the dragon two dimensional. So okay. it's so you know it's harder for it to use its attacks on people because it's two dimensional. Make the dragon a devout pacifist. Make the dragon a horse. Just a just a regular horse in a dragon costume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's a regular horse. It's just everyone calls it a dragon. Like, establish that in this setting, no one knows what a dragon is. So when they say there's a dragon in there, they could theoretically be referring to anything. Like Maybe ev- it's a Komodo dragon. Hmm. Or a bearded dragon. Or a bearded Komodo dragon. Or a Komodo dragon and a bearded dragon who are friends. 
or a Komodo dragon with a bearded dragon for a beard, like hanging off their chin and also making people not realise it's gay. <laughs> the Komodo dragon and the bearded dragon are in a lavender marriage. Yeah. Well, I guess as long as they both go into it knowing that's what it is. Uh, no dragons. You nerf the dragon by removing the dragon from the game. You nerf the dragon by putting in a second, more powerful dragon, so the first dragon doesn't seem as powerful. That's a fair point. It says nerf a dragon, not nerf dragons. True. Loophole. Make everything else in the setting 20 times more powerful. I mean, like, the boring answer is you just remove, reduce the numbers. Yeah, but I feel like you don't send us a question for the answer number go down. Hmm. Number go up, boost the dragon so much it loops round. Stack overflow the dragon. <laughs> like, if a dragon gets, like, 20 XP, 20 levels of each ca class, then it loops back round and it becomes an, an orc. And that's where orcs come from. I feel like we can combine a couple of these ideas. Make the dragon a lawyer and get it into a long session of legal argument and research so that it just doesn't have time to do the whole rampaging thing. Hmm. Eat the dragon. As established, there is no ethical consumption under dragonism. I feel like I don't think the intended purpose of there's no ethical consumption in the capitalism is you should eat everything. No, I mean, that's the intended purpose of let's go eat dolphins. Yeah. So, I think this dragon is pretty nerfed. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we nerf the child? I think I think that is a question for another day. Children are OP. One time a child fought me with their little child hands. Did did it win? Yes, I'm very small. Unfortunate. So on that <laughs> on that thing we said. Mm. If you're interested in bread moon, we have a Patreon and a red bubble. And we now have RPGs. I always forget to mention the Red Bubble. I should update that, possibly with Bread Moon. Um, we do not have a Bread Moon, but if you, if we get enough patrons, we will be able to afford the Bread Moon. But yes, the the Red Bubble is probably bad. The Patreon is probably bad RPG ideas because it's important to say what they are rather than just what website it is. How many things can there be on Patreon? If you have a question, you can email us at probablybadpodcast at gmail.com or message probablybadrpgideas on Tumblr. 
Theoretically, you can also message Bad probably on Twitter, but it's not letting Pencil access Twitter at the moment. No, you can, you can, if you have a message that you only want paper to hear and you need to keep desperately secret from me, you can contact her, you can contact Von at Bad probably on on Twitter, and I will have no idea what you said. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if if you like the idea of it, why not have a look at Kymus, the cool game we made? And, and remember, remember to have a probably, probably bad, bad day. day.